This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, your source for college hockey in the desert southwest. Part of the Ice Time Hockey SW. All right. Welcome in, college hockey fans in the desert southwest. This is uh, the first episode of College Hockey Southwest Weekly in the month of August. Paul Hornstein, I did not think I would be talking to you about uh, maybe, what is this, our fifth fifth or sixth show now as we started July 4th, and uh, we're talking college hockey. And now we actually have a game to talk about after uh, an early morning contest in China. First of all, Paul, how are you? How are things on Long Island? Um, it's been a busy morning already. Uh, I'm still trying to wipe some of the sleep out of my eyes. Um <laughs> But, okay, uh, so let's let's go behind the camera a little bit here. For those that don't know, we normally tape this on Thursday afternoons in my time zone and evening in your time zone. Yeah. And uh, today we're doing it live on Friday because mostly because we wanted to wait for the game to have some more content, but but also because I had a few things that I had to deal with, with car problem wise. And if you've ever had to do with that, you know what I'm talking about. So Scott Strandy live in Scottsdale. Paul Hornstein live on New on uh, Long Island in New York, and uh, I'm getting good at that, by the way, folks. Just That's uh, okay. Just so you know, I keep practicing. I know. So, well, listen, a, I a had lot a... of stuff, a lot of stuff going, Paul, and I want to throw this out there, and then I'll let you say your say your piece. Okay. But uh, yesterday was a historic day for hockey in the desert Southwest, specifically in Arizona. For those that don't know, we introduced a new Coyotes owner, the very first one of Latin descent, the very first one. That starts when you talk about him with a B in front of his financial statement instead of an M. We all know that's billionaire. We've never had one of those before. And third, thirdly, what I took out of his press conference yesterday was the fact that he not only wants to make this a successful business, he wants to win. Um, I believe he said something like, I want to win. Holy S, I do. So, <laughs> <laughs> so well, yeah, he's uh, he's a... He's a very candid person. He had a large group of his family in attendance. They were uh, vocal. The start, he had to clarify at the start of the press conference that that was not the media cheering, that that was his family. Family. He brought his dog. His dog, I understand, according to our Seth Askelson, who was there, said the dog kind of stole the show before the press conference. So, um, and he he's reaching into a different population. His goal is to reach into the uh, the Hispanic group and that's something nobody's done in 25 years of coyote existence has really reached out and tried to bring in some hispanic people to the game of hockey so you know good luck to alex morello i hope everything works out for him he seems very sincere he seems like he wants to be here and uh, it can't be better for hockey in the desert southwest i know we're a college hockey show but i just had to get that out there early well i'll say this okay um whether people think that or not, it's all connected. Yes. Okay, it's it's all connected. Um, if you look at the fact that uh, the Coyotes are tangibly, I don't want to say directly, but tangibly responsible for the fact that Austin Matthews became a hockey player. Right. Okay, there, there's clearly a connection. Uh, when the Atlanta Thrashers moved out of Atlanta and went to Winnipeg, and we 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 can talk about all those connections too <laughs> if you want. Um, 
their youth hockey program basically died. Right. Okay. Their youth hockey program basically died because there wasn't that guiding light, so to speak, uh, locally to allow uh, for the growth at that level. Okay. Um, the Coyotes, and I'm sure if you talk to Coach Powers, and I'm sure this has come up. I mean, I can't remember every interview and every quote that he's ever said. You can't? But, yeah, I know. <laughs> this is, I'm old, and that's, you know, the first thing that goes is the mind, right? So, uh, so he will tell you that without the Coyotes, it, it's all connected. It's so yeah. to sit there and say that, yes, this is a college program and the Coyotes are in the NHL, I understand that statement, but they're all, everything is intertwined. Without one, you don't have the other. Um, I, well, me- said this, I said to somebody last night, um, as you watched the, the, the introduction conference yesterday, which, which I did um, online, um, when I heard the Mr. Marulo speak uh, his part in Spanish, I'm like, I said to them, I said, I don't think I've heard that from any of the previous owners. No. And he even gave a number that the, the Phoenix area, the Phoenix market, is about 40% Hispanic. So... Makes I'm sense, sure it? it makes a lot. Yeah, you're going to ignore half your market. It doesn't make any sense. I know the Kings do some broadcasts in Spanish. Yeah. I think the Florida Panthers do some broadcasts in Spanish as well. I don't know if there are any other teams in the league that do it. Um, I, I think there might have been one or two others at a certain point in time, but I don't think those exist anymore. Um, so you can't hope to be as successful as you want to be if you're ignoring half of your market and not even trying. Right. All right. So let me tie this into ASU. Then we'll get started talking about Arizona State hockey like we're supposed to be. But here's the other thing. And I give a lot of credit again to uh, to Aaron Cohen, who I've said before is, and, and Alex Merlo kind of reiterated the point. The crazy media, as I like to call us here, and I'm part of it, but I try to stay away from it, um, in no. Phoenix, Arizona, the, the, the story's always got to be about an arena. You know, you right. got to come in and ask the owner about an arena and what he plans to do about it. Um, what Aaron Cohn has done, I told you this week, last week or the week before, is that he came in with the attitude that keep your mouth shut about arenas. Talk about building a grassroots program of fans. Reach down to the fans at every level. Put in deck park rinks like they did at, at Grand Canyon. Shut up about an arena, okay? If you have a successful program, your arena will come on its own, and it will. And that's what Alex Murillo kind of said yesterday. Is like, yeah, I've got the resources to do this, but the first thing I want to do is build a grassroots program that, that fills the seats where we're at and also puts a winner on the ice. Now, how does that tie into ASU? Exactly the same. You and I have been talking for five years almost now about wanting to see shovels in the ground, and that's very important, and we'll all be excited when it happens. But Coach Powers has taken the same thing. If you ask me about an arena, I'll give you a very short statement. But 
let's talk about my hockey team. Let's talk about our growth and our success. And if we do that, the arena is going to come because they, they're going to have no choice as the ground, as, whether they want it or not, as the numbers build, it, it's going to happen. So I fully believe that. I also think that the same thing has happened at Grand Canyon. They're taking the thing like, okay, you can say you're a basketball school and everything else, but when I have, you know, uh, you know, 10% of my population in, at the college talking about hockey, um, you're going to have to do something about it. And that that's exactly what's going to happen. It's happening all over. I think it's a great approach, especially for this sport in this neck of the woods, if you will. So congratulations again to the Coyotes. Time to move on. Let's Listen, talk Arizona State hockey. And this will, we can just segue, winning cures all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Winning cures all. Winning takes care of all, whether you're talking about the NHL, whether you're talking about the NCAA, whether you're talking about whatever level you want to talk about. The ACHA. The ACHA. Winning takes care of everything. Because when you win, everybody rushes to get to the front of the line. Well, last night I was at the front of the line, Paul. There was a game that was played over in China at 3 a.m., your time. Yeah, it, it only midnight. took me like two weeks to figure out because <laughs> I refused midnight. to use Google or any of those other things. And uh, finally, I got desperate and said, all right, fine, let me figure this out. And <laughs> it's 12 hours difference. We're 12 hours here in New York behind uh, Beijing time. So now I have an idea of when these games are starting. And 3 a.m., midnight, I could start and watch it. 3 a.m., that's a little past my bedtime. Uh, I hear you. Well, midnight here in the Pacific, so I did uh, follow along on the on the Twitter account, and I know we talked off-camera about some of the people were finding links. I don't know if there'll be links for the other other games or not. We'll find out. Um, we did get a, a roster from, from Mitch Terrell. Um, I think he may have, I don't know if he forgot about it or not, but he sent it to me after the fact. And right. after the fact or not, I wanted to see the line charts. I kind of knew this is what it was going to look like going in. Where I was surprised is the starting goaltender and the backup goaltender. The only guy that was on the roster wearing pads, goaltending pads last year, did not dress in the first game. And I don't know if that's a message or if that's just the way things shook out. Um, I saw the comments after the game. We'll get into that in a minute. But Coach Powers, of course, reiterated what he's been saying all along is that this was a great learning experience and a win is a win, but, you know, he really wanted to see the guys compete and what they could do. So before we get into how the game played out, and I'll tell everybody right now, it was a 5-3 victory for the Sun Devils, and uh, they played the uh, the Red Star team. <laughs> I don't know how else to react to talk about these guys. You maybe know, but... Um, oh you it, it's a rena- they're calling it the Renaissance Cup in Chinese. It's spelled something that I will mess up on on FCC regulations. I realized one of the podcasts. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm getting it right. Yeah, you're there getting you go. close. Yeah, we see it. <laughs> there we go. It's the FU Cup. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> uh, well, you forgot the the Jing in between, but that's okay. It, it's <laughs> Anyway, so let's talk about the lineup. Then let's talk about what happened in the game. And then let's wrap it up with what uh, Coach Powers had to say afterwards very briefly, as he would expect. Okay, because that's good, because I haven't seen anything from the coach 
this morning. Yeah. And I was looking, so you're one up on me on that. I'll just react to what you say. Yeah, he didn't say much. One-liner, basically. But um, So, as we expected, the uh, the top line that came out last night was Brett Gruber centering uh, Tyler Bush and Johnny Walker. And I think both of us knew that was going to be a line combination, at least to start the season. Um, well, veterans, at least to start this tournament anyway. Yeah, veterans that play well together, have played well together over the past. Uh, the second line was interesting because um, number 23 returned a day after or two days after the team arrived. Demetrius Kumanzis made the trip after getting released from the uh, World Junior Trouts. I understand he was pretty good. It was just kind of a numbers game, uh, and that's why he got released. But he was able to get to China and uh, suit up with the guys. So Jordan and, Sandu centered Kumanzis and Lemieux. And well, I know you like Lemieux on the, on the side. I, I do like Austin in the right spot. Uh, be, before we go any further with these line combinations, um, let's give uh, Demetrius some credit. I don't know if he went over with the team. He did not. He went two days later. He had an out. He could have said, I don't want to do this trip by myself. Uh, you know, he, he I'm, I'm sure he wasn't happy not making the, the World Junior team uh, to decide that, you know, and I don't know what arrangements are made, but I want to give him credit for doing that, making that long trip all by himself. Uh, maybe he had some family members with him. I don't know. But I, I think it shows a, a dedication to this team and this group that I don't know if anybody else is going to notice or say anything. So I want to give him credit for that. Absolutely. And if you remember, when I talked to, to Coach uh a month ago now, when we did our uh, three-part series, he did mention that. He said if Demetrius did get released early, he had the option of coming over. So I think there was some pre-planning done to have him. My uh, coach was prepared to play without him, but was excited to have him. So mm. let's go into the third line. And you okay. and I have been talking about this. I've been talking about this for a while, but I said, this freshman class is different. It's different than the last class, and last class was really good. So Logan Genuine and Mr. Sanchez, and Mr. Kinnearum, uh all freshmen, all pretty savvy freshmen. I think played I think together. Kinnearum, I think Kinnearum was one of the guys that came over that played previously. I think he's one of the, the one guy. He's. I think he's the, yeah. off the top of my head, didn't he correct. play at, Ohio, at Miami? I think you're correct, yep. He played at Miami, and I think um, uh, Semic played at Michigan. I believe you're probably right. So they're not true freshmen, but they might, in terms of game experience at the college level, um, I think they've both come out and said that we really weren't ready when we were freshmen. So, yeah. so, But let me tell you about that line, and this is what I saw in just one practice. That line gelled together very quickly. And, and to have that as your third line, because let me tell you something else. What I've seen and what I've seen in the past over my 30-plus years of covering college hockey, I have seen that there are lines that will sneak up on you. This line reminded me a lot of Jonathan Taze, TJ Oshie, and uh, Ryan Duncan at, at North Dakota their freshman year. Everybody said there's a lot of talent there, but what will they do? By Christmas time, they were leaving that team and scoring at North Dakota. So... Look out for this third line, and if you remember correctly last week, I mentioned the fact that what I thought the key to this was they're going to score more goals, 
and they were going to score a lot more goals. And the difference was going to be their third and fourth lines were going to outcompete and outscore other teams. So um, we'll get back to that in just a minute. It's a good the, start. The fourth, the fourth line, Dominic Garcia, uh, Steen Pashnik, and Philip Bunces. Um, wow, grinders. Grinders that could be a good second line. Um, or that could take on another team's first line if they needed to defensively. That's a tough. That's a tough group. Uh, listen, uh, those guys have some size. Um, they have various <laughs> levels of speed. They definitely are not afraid to mix it up. Uh, they're not afraid to hit anybody, uh, and you know they can uh, score the occasional timely goal. Um, you know, you've got uh, two guys that have played together now for uh, a, a couple of years, uh, killing penalties in, in Pashnik and Garcia. So they have uh, lots of time playing with each other, so they know each other pretty well. Bunces kind of got moved around a little bit uh, from line to line to line last year. Um, and so he's kind of taken on a different role just based on these line combinations. And... So you see where um, um, at least what the coach is initially thinking with these line combinations. And I think he is trying to keep uh, people that have played together uh, as much as he can, uh, at least to start with, to see what he has. Okay, and then that brings us to our extra forward that they played with last night, which was the Chinese-born native. Uh, Peter Zong, who uh, was given the uh, the Player of the Game award last night, which was kind of cool, being it was back in his in his home country and ten minutes from where he grew up. So congratulations to Peter for that. I sent a little tweet congratulating him on our behalf. Um, well deserved. The kid battled hard to get there. He's going to have to battle for playing time based on the lineup, but Absolutely. everybody will. Okay, we'll get back to the forwards in just a minute because they had a big hand in the win last night. Um, yeah. Let's jump to defense because this is where you and I have talked, and this is really interesting. Right off the get-go, our top line of uh, Brinson Pashnuk and Josh Maniscalco, uh, I think, did what they were supposed to do. They steadied the team. They, they provided a little bit of offense. They, they shut down most of the, uh, the opportunities from the opposing top line. Then we had Jared Gorley and Jacob Wilson. Jacob Wilson wearing an A this year for the first time. Yep. So he's got a different role. And then here's the interesting part. The third pairing, Judson and Semek. Interesting that two freshmen will be paired together to start this little exhibition tournament and would be the third defensive pairing, which leaves Gavita Janssens as the extra defenseman in this tournament. And... Um, your biggest, uh, or the guy that you're the biggest supporter of, Max Balanson, is still injured, not there. So you bring Max back and you bring Gavito back, and they're right now currently the odd odd men out on defense. They're going to have to battle to keep a spot. Well, what does that say uh, about your defensive core? Well, I, as they've built the program, this is what you want. You want guys to have to fight for playing time. You don't want guys getting complacent and saying. Uh, I don't have to worry about my position on the roster uh, because that doesn't create any internal competition. And that makes for players, I don't want to say getting lazy, uh, 
but maybe they lose focus a little it. bit. Maybe they. I'll maybe say they... I'll say it. They get lazy because uh, they know they're secure. And let me guess. tell you right now that there's there's potential for people, even on the offensive side, to to, to get a little complacent because they know that they're secure and they're not secure right now on well, any part of this lineup. Uh, like I said, I I. I... I, I don't know. It's a concept I, as a personally, don't understand. I was not a talented athlete by any stretch of the imagination. And if I didn't give every ounce of everything that I had when I played, I would have embarrassed myself. And that was just as in a pickup game or any organized. And, and But um, I, I think what happens when you're at that level is you have a tendency when you're secure, the first thing you lose is focus. Yes. So uh, I think having all those numbers will keep guys focused and make them be at the top of their game at all times because it will only take one slip up for you to lose your spot in the lineup. So Okay, so we got forwards, we got defensemen out of the way. This might have been the biggest surprise for most Sun Devil fans. I don't think it was to either you or I because we knew that all three goaltenders were going to play, but... Um, Max Project led the guys out, which meant he was the starting goaltender last night. And his backup was Justin Robbins, the true freshman, uh, coming in. So, so Max has had a lot of experience at BU, but didn't get a lot of playing game time, playing time. Um, got the start, got the win. I understand he was incredible the last five minutes or so of the game when the, uh, the Red Star team was putting the pressure on, down 5-3 and trying to, trying to get it to a point where they could uh, – they can at least notch a tie. Um, mm-hmm. He was pretty stellar from what I understand. And and that leaves the only goaltender that wore the pads last year sitting out the first game of the exhibition season. So I don't think we can read anything into it because I think this was the Coach Powers plan uh, all along. It could have been a little bit of a message being sent to uh, to Evan DeBrower saying, like, you know, here's the deal. We got competition and you're going to have to – to compete with everybody else, you're not just going to be handed the spot because Joey Decord left. Well, uh, without having a second lineup, uh, it makes it a little bit harder to figure out the, if there are messages being sent or what the story is. Uh, maybe there's something going on that we don't know about. Uh, maybe True. he tweaks something in a practice. Maybe he, uh, you know, whatever the case might be. Um, and teams are even in a preseason tournament, you're not going to get that kind of information out of most hockey teams. So I don't want to say anything without having more information. Um, I, I I will grant you that I'm kind of surprised that he was not dressed. But um, like I said, maybe there's inf- information that we don't have. And we'll find out over the, the next three games what the – at least what the coach is thinking right? in terms of uh, how he's going to do this. And maybe he just knows what DeBrower can do and wants to see these other guys. Yeah, I think it was. I think the other part of it is I think he wanted to get them both out on the ice and game action early to uh, get a feel for, for them, you know, let them kind of shake the nerves off uh, in game one. Um, not so much worried about Evan, I don't think, but – who knows? We'll, we'll find out. So let's get into the game part of it. Before the game starts, I want to get into the typical things that happen at ASU if you haven't been following along. But if you can't get excited to play hockey after Dominic Garcia 
gives the starting lineup. I don't know if you saw that clip. Have you seen that yet? Uh, I've seen past clips, and I saw a still shot of... uh, This one is a must-watch. you got to go back on Sun Devil Hockey and see that clip. I think I retweeted it, too. But but Dominic's going around the room in his typical Dominic fashion where he's he's getting everybody hyped up about who's starting. And the last one he gets to is Peter Zong. And instead of pointing at him, he, uh, he bows to him, and the whole room just broke up. And it was just hysterical. And, and that's that's something that brings the team together because he took the time out to do that in, in Chinese fashion. And uh, the guys loved it. So I think they were very loose from the get-go. Uh, when they got on the ice, they looked like they were ready to play a hockey game from what I saw. Um, right. So, you know, and, and let's talk about They jumped out to a 2 nothing lead. And the first goal of the game is scored by, is scored by none other than Logan Genuine. <laughs> who it doesn't count in his official stats because it's an exhibition, but I told you the kid can score the goal of the puck. And uh, okay. right out the Let's... get-go, he, he gets two minutes into the game. It's Logan Genuine that gets the goal. Uh, listen, um, you know, this is a game, and we don't know much about the other three teams. Right. Okay, we don't really know much about the other three teams. But we know a little bit about this Red Star team. This is an older team. This is a team of professionals. They play in the KHL. Um, they're made up of, you know, a lot of Russians and Canadians. And, and they're men. They're not college-age players. Yeah. So, you know, maybe at the beginning of the game they took ASU a little lightly. Um, well, nobody you know, will from this point forward. They won't. Um, you know, we. I don't know. Have I? I'm going to assume that this is the first game these guys have played too. So, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, a team where they had almost double-digit players go to NHL development camps. So it's not like we're talking about a team that doesn't have some skill, doesn't have some talent. Um, and clearly at some point they woke up because they came back to tie the game at two, two. Right. And, and you see, and you see that all the time in, in a game where a team that uh, would be considered a favorite kind of doesn't have their focus right away against the team. They expect to walk in and beat and ASU comes out and scores two goals quickly. And the next thing you know, that's like the players are like, okay, time to wake up. Uh, and they tied the game 2-2 uh, without a box score. I don't know how fast they, they, they tied the game back up, but it was 2-2 at one point. So well, uh, clearly they way. gathered themselves together. And, and I, I don't and, have that in front of me. I'm following along on tweets, but I, I think Johnny Walker scored, as you would expect, a breakaway goal from Johnny Walker, and I understand it was a great move to, uh, to make it 2 nothing. if I have this correct. And then Phil Bunces scored at the end of the second with one second, end of the second period with one second remaining to make it 3 2. And then the Sun Devils never looked back from that point. But so, so the Sun Devils get goals from, let's just go down the list. They get goals from uh, Logan Genuine, Johnny Walker, Philip Bunces, Jordan Sandu, and Brett Gruber. Okay. So now (laughs) the one. Twitter post that I have has Gruber scoring two. 
Now, maybe they changed it. it. I don't know. It could have been changed. Jordan Sandu, I know, had had won. That may have been changed to Gruber, but um, either way, they uh, they had a lot of action from all all across the lineup, which was impressive. Yeah, well, you're talking about uh, guys on three different lines uh, that scored, and if it was Bunces and not the second one from Gruber, then you're talking about a goal from each line. Um, yep. You really... I'm sure that if you said to Coach Powers, hey, you're going to get a goal from each line, uh, yeah. we'll sign up for that right now. So um, you get that that means you get some balance. That means defenses can't focus on one spot. And, uh, you know, that usually when you have balanced scoring, usually uh, means you have a good chance to be successful. It, means, it either means you have a good chance to be successful or your team can't score at all and nobody scores. Yeah, exactly. Well, I prodded you a little bit last week. I'm going to prod you again this week. By, I, the first tweet I sent out was, hey, it's a great win, but we can't reduce the magic number. Doggone it. Because I was trying to reduce that from 24 to 23, but we can't reduce the magic number yet yeah. because it's an exhibition. But it was sounded like it was a lot of fun. I've seen some of the tweets coming from the guys. They've been to a kung fu show. They've been to an acrobat show. They've had Peking Duck, or however we want to call that, uh, officially. Um, they, they've had a lot of fun already. They've still got at least three games more to play. Um, then they're going to do some more cultural things. But it sounds like the, the bonding ha- has been very well taken to early on in this trip. And you know, I'm happy for the guys to be able to, uh, to do that. Uh, it's just a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And Absolutely. when you win hockey Absolutely. games as well, it just makes it that much more fun. Listen, anytime you win, it's fun. Nobody right. – if if, if, if 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 somebody in a locker room says to you, yeah, we don't mind losing, I don't want them on my team. Right. I, uh, no, because that's – you're not – oh, here we go again. You play <laughs> to, win to win the game. <laughs> Sorry, Coach. Oh, Spoken uh, like a true Sun Devil. Yeah, well, no, it's more spoken <laughs> like a true Giants fan because I have to quote Herm Edwards. I know. Oh, I know. Lord. I was trying to stay away from that. Uh, I was trying don't. to stay you away. Can't. I, I, it's been two years and I still can't. It, it, takes me, <laughs> it takes me a moment to get past any of that. So uh, I'm, I was scarred by that from a little kid. And when I watch a game now in any sport and, and I have a rooting interest, it, it it always is there. It's right. there. well, not to get too far off the topic, but I did sneak away from hockey for a couple of hours on last Sunday and went and watched a little uh, Cardinals training camp. And uh, you know, trying to be optimistic, but but not over the top. Kyler Murray is the best quarterback the Cardinals have ever had in their franchise, and that's saying a lot since they had Kurt Warner. But Kurt Warner could not move like him. And Kyler can throw the football almost as good as Kurt right now. And he can find windows that that Kurt. And I, I saw – I took video clips, right, just to see what I had. And I saw a video clip of him running for 40 yards and nobody could catch him. I saw him sneak behind the offensive lineman and nobody could see him. And I saw him throw three or four perfect strikes down the field. I also saw him throw some swing passes that were right on target. And as a Cardinals fan – we have never had – just go ask Larry Fitzgerald. He's had like 19 or 20 quarterbacks throw him touchdown passes. And he said he's never had a quarterback 
this talented. Larry might play two more years. <laughs> he no. might. I, I, anyway. I will. I reserve judgment on any of those things that happen in any training camp. Uh, they played until the bell rings. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, right. I like the fact that uh, I think if I read this correctly, and I like I said without a box score, I don't know. Uh, Project made about thirty saves last night in that I game. Close, yeah. Um, so it's not like uh, Red Star didn't get any shots. It's yeah. You know. Um, like I said, I have, you know, well, I think you said you, you know, spoke, you said you heard a quote from the coach after the game. So you probably have a better feel for this than I do. Yeah, he, you know, on the road anyway, he didn't say much. He didn't say much on this one, but he was very pleased with the effort. He was very pleased with the com- the compete level of his players. And I think he was very much pleased, pleased with the, uh, the, the goal scoring. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can't argue when you go there. You and I were both saying, uh, a couple of weeks ago when they were preparing for the trip, we were like, well, I hope they just go there and, and don't embarrass themselves, right? Yeah, I, listen, they didn't embarrass when I, themselves. listen, when I woke up this morning and I saw 5-3 to three in the W column, I, I, I can't lie and say I wasn't anything but pleasantly surprised because I was. Um, I, I really didn't have uh, an idea of what to expect. Um, and, and the only thing I could go on and, and just, you know, you've seen in college baseball where teams play, where major league teams will play college teams at the beginning of yeah. their spring training. And, yeah. you know, their starters will play two or three innings, but it's still uh, pros against college players. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, you sit there and, and you're, and you're saying, well, I don't know what else to compare it to but that. And so, you know, um, maybe in uh, 1992, uh, when they had some scrimmages, the uh, uh, the Olympic basketball team against the college players, uh, which was led by Bobby Hurley, because here we go again. Um, uh, the college players took that first scrimmage much more seriously than the pros did. And the yeah. pros got a little bit embarrassed and they came out the next day and said, no, 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 no. We're not having this again. Um, yeah. That's no. why it's going to be interesting in game two of this tournament. So, which so tomorrow, I, right? I had tomorrow, tonight, uh, who the heck knows? <laughs> I, uh, I have no idea. It's sometime in the next 24 hours. Right. There we but, go. Uh, um, so, you know, those were really kind of the only things you had to go on. And to, to see a 5-3 to three win – Especially when they had a two nothing lead and got tied up, and you know eventually went on to a five to three win. Those kinds of things give you a positive feeling about what could be. Yep, I agree. Well, a couple things that I want to uh, start to wrap the show up on is that okay, I've said this for a while. I've said that ever since Coach Powers took over this program. He's a different kind of coach, right? He's been there. He's won that ACHA National Championship as a coach. He's been there and played. He's dedicated to his university. The, the buzz around him does not affect him, right? And I think that was exactly the same way that he led his team into this event. And I think if you asked him with truth serum what he really thought, I really thought I think he was really thinking kind of what we were, that, okay, let's not get just, you know, embarrassed. The guys are just coming together for the first time. There's a lot of new guys on this team. But I think deep down inside, 
he also knew that he had a team that was going to compete with good leaders. And I think he knows the talent that he's got. I referenced this last week when I said, this is the, and I referenced this with Danny Roy, because I think that's what Danny's molding at Grand Canyon. Also in the ACHA level is coach Powers said the first year, the hybrid, right? He wanted right. to be big, old, strong. Cause that's right. what he had to be. The second year he knew he wasn't going to win much, but he wanted to have a good compete level. The third year, he knew he could win some games because he had NCAA talent. The fourth year, he finally had a full roster of NCAA players with scholarships. Year five starts now. He's finally got what we all want in every team that we follow, which is depth. He now has a team of NCAA players with depth. And I I don't know about the other NCAA teams out there, I do know about one other school, though, the University of Minnesota Duluth, where I'm an alum of there as well. And I know that that's what they have. They bring depth. You and I saw it during the Winter Classic or the Winter right. Classic, during the Desert Classic last winter uh, here, here in the Valley, that they lost key players and they were still very, very good. Yeah. And, yeah. and maybe should have won that tournament. But. Um, wow. You got to give Clarkson you know. some credit too, because well, yeah, I'm not taking Jay anything Kiley away. played tremendous. Exactly, but I mean, if you look at the talent level between Clarkson and Minnesota Duel, there there really wasn't depth wise. Right. I'm talking right, uh, and I think that's what Coach Powers has built. And I think if there's anybody that should be looking at their calendar and really watching what's going on in Arizona State, it should be the team from Minnesota State because they're going to get them early on. And they better be prepared because the Sun Devil team is going to roll into Mankato and they're going to be looking to do some damage. Well, I haven't looked at the Mankato schedule. Uh, I do know this. I do know they're loaded, too. I have. And, and so it is going to be a good early test for both teams. Yep. Um, and, you know, I don't know if that's their first two games of the season or not. Um, I don't believe so. I think they got a couple in there. Like I said, I haven't looked, but um, those two games will give you a primer for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Uh, I I, I think it's imperative that ASU wins one of those games. I I think that will set them up because the pairwise doesn't really come out until January or late December. And I think winning one of those two games – will set them up for where, uh, you know, obviously we don't know what would happen in the rest of the season, but that would be a, a place to start and, and get a feel for whether this team has a legitimate chance to make it back-to-back NCAA tournaments. Totally agree with you. I think uh, I think the thing right now we have to continue to knock on wood, as I knock on wood, it's every year. It's health. It's got to be helpful. Year. Yeah, sure. It is. It is, but with this team in particular, I, I'm, they're not going to fall apart if they lose a few key players because they do have that depth. But if they want to win a national championship, they've got to stay healthy. Oh, and, of course. And, and credit credit to Leanne Blinn again. I have never seen anybody as dedicated and as good at her job as she is um, at preparing the guys for every scenario. I mean, she has a game plan for this trip, and I'm going to talk to her when she comes back because I know she'll want to talk, but um, the, what a game plan. I mean, she brought them over there. She got them ready to go. That team showed no ill effects of flying across halfway across the world 
and uh, playing a game three days, four days later, whatever it was. Right. Uh, so, you know, that that's a key. And last year she did a phenomenal job of keeping people healthy for the most part. And I know it's not just her, it's the training staff as well, but that's where things are going to are gonna need to maintain if they want to achieve that goal of winning yeah. the national championship. But yep. after, uh, after the first exhibition game, I can say they're safely on track. Yeah, so listen. You know, it's a good start. Yep. It's a totally good start. Um, well, when we reconvene next week, we're going to have a chance to uh, to talk a little bit about uh, games three, four, two, three, and four. Yeah, yeah. They'll all be done by the time we talk next week. We should be, or I think all so. All the games yeah, should be done by yeah, the time we them, talk yeah. next week. I think they so, play uh, tonight or the next that, 24 hours. And I think they played two games have a day off in a row, and then they play have a day games. off, and then play two more. So yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. So it'll so all be definitely completed. be done. Yeah, we'll give you some numbers. We'll give you some lineups. We'll keep track of the comparisons. I know that's what coach is doing. He wants to see a lot of tape. He wants to see how people play together, how they compete. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have, we'll have a busy week next week, and then the week yep. after, we'll we'll hopefully try to get coach on when he gets his legs back under him again, and we'll do a little visit with him, but. One of the things I'm going to throw out there is that uh, on our website, IceTimeHockeySW.com, there's a great story from Seth Asselson from the uh, the uh, press conference yesterday, our Coyotes beat reporter. And uh, I'm going to sit down and visit with Jeremy Roenick um, on Saturday. And one of the things I want to ask Jeremy about is when he was here and the Coyotes were just getting started and rolling, I wonder what his expectation was, if he ever thought there'd be an NCAA team in the Valley of the Sun at that time. So we'll we'll try to get a little uh, a few words out of Jeremy about the Sun Devil program as well, and then about the fact that there's a lot of NHL or Suns that have chosen ASU as their home for college hockey. So lots to talk about. Um, we're also going to start our uh, Sunday special series, which for those that don't know is our usually a 30 minute conversation, a lot like the old uh, ESPN Sunday conversation where it'll run every Sunday. And we'll talk to a newsmaker or some sort of hockey newsmaker and talk a little bit about them in a casual conversation where we can get down to some inside stuff. So first one coming up is with my good friend Hiroki Wakabayashi, who's a goaltender. I thought Hiroki would be a good one to start with because he can tie in with the Asian hockey that's being played with ASU right now. He knows those teams over there. Fairly right. well, he knows players on those teams. Well, see, that's think, that's that'll be that'll be uh, a good piece to, uh, to get out of him, even if it's not all on camera. At least you'll get some more insight on some of these yeah. teams over there. And good luck, yeah. by the way, uh, getting anything uh, out of Mister Ronick. Uh, I don't and know him personally. To, good to talk, right? Yeah, this, my, his reputation is he's a very quiet and shy guy and doesn't talk much. So. <laughs> Well, for those that don't know, Jeremy Seven is is a hockey camp here in the Valley. But the ice den starts today. Ice den Scottsdale, and Hiroki's having his goaltending camp down at Oceanside this weekend. So I'm going to be seeing a lot of hockey bouncing around here and there. So Paul, I know you got things to do. It's uh, it's a Friday at the end of the week and on Long Island, and yeah. uh, get to work. Do what you need to do. Thanks for getting up early with us. And, I didn't uh, get up as early as you, but I'm okay. Yeah, well, I didn't. I I just kind of stayed up because I had one oh, eye okay. on the on the phone all night as it was buzzing. I wanted to find out what was going on. So I hear you. Uh, big shout out to the Sun Devils again for getting the win. Big shout out to their media staff and Mitch Terrell for 
for providing us with the information that we need. It's much as he could possibly get from halfway around the world. So literally Mitch does a great job. We always appreciate all of his help and Connor Smith, who's there now. And of course, Lysel Babika, who is a, uh, is one, I hope I get Lysel's name, right? Every yeah, time I, was I, say, yeah, I don't even, I've never heard it pronounced. So I don't uh, know. She's, <laughs> she's wonderful. She does so many great things for that program. So congratulations to everybody on making the trip and getting a big win in the first game. And no matter what happens at this point, I think we can call it a success already. Yeah. All right. Join us next week. Big shout out to our sponsors at OxyPal, our good friends at College Bar and Grill, who uh, I understand had some excitement down there. They had Coach Edwards' team come in and eat the other day. So, or he's not his team, his uh, coaching staff all came in. So now, there's some that, NFL players on that. So that's a lot of beef there too. So yeah, that that was a big thing. I guess they love the chicken wings. I told them they had to try the uh, mac and cheese. Bacon mac and cheeseburger, which is my staple when I go there. So shout out to College Bar and Grill and, of course, our friends over at M-Drive. I uh, can't get enough of them. Uh, I know they love the uh, What Drives You series, and we got another one coming up this month. We do Excellent. once a month on the M-Drive series, so there'll be another one coming up this week. And we'll uh, we'll be off with Hockey Talk. We're zipping over to uh, the old Pueblo. I don't know if I can say those words in front of you, but no. Going down to the old bubble, we're talking uh, U of A hockey. We got Grand Canyon in last Ooh. week. We got, yeah, <laughs> good one. Smoking like a true devil. I don't uh, know you're making all your friends talking about. Yeah, all I right. don't know who you're talking about. Take care, Paul. Have a great Thanks, week. And, uh, and we'll see you next week. You got it. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refine your prime with M-Drive.